Welcome back to My Spouse Made Me Watch It. On today's episode, I make Katie watch Inception. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing good. My belly is full of HelloFresh. Not sponsored, Not sponsor. but if you'd like to, we would be interested. <laughs> Very interested in sponsorship. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good, Justin. I am ready uh, to watch this movie. I'm much more excited for this one than the last one. Uh, in in mulling, Fight Club. Yeah, in mulling over the last one further. Ooh, some follow-up. <laughs> well, I just decided... Like, you were like, oh, yeah, we used to, like, get to some level of undress and fight each other in college. And then we were at dinner with my parents, and my dad was like, yeah, we used to do that in college. And I know there was a group of guys in college who'd go out into the woods and fight each other other. in, like, levels of undress. So I think maybe I just didn't have an access point for the last movie. Okay. Uh, I just couldn't, didn't have a way to get into it. Uh, But this next movie... And for clarification, that's the last movie that I made you watch, not the last movie that we've done. Yes. Because the last movie we've done, if you hadn't seen it, was Bring It On. Yes. So go look... Watch it, listen to that, and let us know if you fall in similar conclusions as me. <laughs> or if you think it is the perfect at-home sick, sick, at-home sick movie like me. All right, so I'm more excited for this movie than the last one. This is one of those movies uh, for me that I wanted to see, but somehow just didn't. Yeah, I am excited for you to see it, too, and I was very surprised that you hadn't seen it. Right? There's so many people in this that I'm interested in. Uh, If you also remember from the Fight Club episode, I'm a big Leo fan. I love him. He's adorable. Stay Uh, away from my wife, Leo. (laughs) Uh, So Leo's in this. Uh, Ellen Page, who I also love and think is adorable. Uh, Michael Caine, again, adorable. Love him. Stay away from my wife, Michael. (laughs) You like that Cockney accent. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Katie, what do you think Inception is about? Uh, Well, people have led me to believe that it's about dreams, or at least they're referred to as dreams in the world. But I'm not positive if it's actually dreams or like some sort of like parallel universe like some sort of multiverse Mm. theory that in world they're just referring to it as dreams uh because i i i've gotten the impression that whatever happens in the dream world has some bearing on the real world to give it stakes Mm -hmm. so maybe it's more of a, a multiple parallel universes happening simultaneously uh, sort of thing, and it's just referred to that way, but I'm not sure. So an intricate use of dreams okay. somehow mm-hmm. in the... Yes. Okay. What do you think the term Inception means, at least in regards to this movie? <laughs> uh, people use it in the world as like... Like, they almost use it in reference... I don't feel like people say Inception any, as much anymore. 
Uh, but I feel like people, there was a period of time where people would just be like, oh, Inception all the time. Anytime something sort of a, is it, is it mandala, mandala effect-ish happened? Um, Can you explain what that effect is? Uh, mandala effect now is where you remember something very clearly happening one way, but in reality it happened another way. Like the Bernstein Bears. Yes, like the Bernstein Bears. Uh, people who claim that it was sex in the city instead of sex and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or like if something, or sort of also too, back before people said Inception. So now people are saying Mandela Effect. Uh, back before people said Inception, I feel like people would also be like, oh, glitch in the Matrix. Like if two people are sitting next to each other wearing the same shirt, kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> They'd be like, ah, Matrix Effect. And then they're like, ah, Inception. I feel like these are describing different things. But I feel like I guess the Mandala Effect and Glitch in the Matrix could be Mm similar-ish. I feel like people just used it as like any kind of wonkily coincidental (laughs) thing that happened. There was a period in pop culture where people would just say Inception as a a catch-all for any of those things. And you believe that that was in reference to this movie? I know it was in reference Ah. to this movie. (laughs) So I'm guessing there's like dreams within dreams or like worlds within worlds. Why do you say dreams within dreams? Is that a term you've heard or is there a reason the term inception would connote dreams within dreams? Um, I'm not sure if this is something that I have picked up just from popular culture around this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what comes to mind. Okay, so it's some for some reason, that term is in your brain. Just like, um, what's the, like, universes folding in on each other? What's that theory called? String theory? Is that string theory? Yeah. Just like universes and universes. I... Oh, man. So, string theory is the idea <laughs> that... If we break down the atoms into their component parts, mm-hmm. into those component parts, yeah. into those component parts, mm-hmm. into those component parts, that the very base of all matter mm-hmm. is like vibrating strings. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that could play into some sort of universes folding into one another. The idea that like the mm-hmm. vibrating strings vibrating in different ways or maybe vibrating through and between different universes. But that's the heart of string theory is that the basis of everything is actually these vibrating strings. Mm. So I don't know if that's what you're thinking about or not. Uh, I think it's definitely what I'm thinking about. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so anyway, I don't I'm not sure if that's something that I just made up in my brain or if just something in the popular culture has led me to believe that there are dreams within dreams or some sort of Russian nesting doll situation. Okay. Interesting. We will find out if you're right. We will. So, Katie, do you think that you are going to enjoy this movie uh i do think i'm going to enjoy this movie it has lots of people in it that i like and am interested in and who i enjoy watching 
Um, and I think it's a psychological thriller, which I do like. So I have high hopes. Awesome. Do you know who made this movie? Yes, Christopher Nolan. Do you know what else he has made? Those god-awful Batman movies. <laughs> oh, Katie. <laughs> Moving past that. <laughs> not even going to dignify it with a response. <laughs> Do you know any other movies that he has made? Nope. Okay. So what are your feelings about him as a filmmaker? Knowing very limited about him. Um, I mean, just going off Batman, it'll feel very big and very sprawling, the world. Um, I think it'll have some nice effects, be very visually interesting. I don't think of him as a based on the Batman movies, <laughs> as anything that will capture any sort of emotion or heart. But I'm hoping that, you know, Ellen Page and Michael Caine and Leonardo DiCaprio, I think they can, they're enough to pull it through. You think they will be the saving grace to Christopher Nolan's filmmaking? Yes, I do. Oh, oh. Again, this is all based off the Batman movies. Something wrenches with inside me. <laughs> okay. Which is that's how I felt about the Batman movies. They're just big, sprawling, mainly because that's how I felt about the Batman movies. Uh, they were that movie that everybody was like, you have to see it. And it was very big and very sprawling and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, what is the word I'm looking for? Good? No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> very... It took itself very seriously. Um, I would say that is characteristic of his mm -hmm. movies. But I didn't find anything in it very genuine and none of... Which might be partly on the acting choices, but just none of the people feel like real people or like anything I should really care about beyond just watching for like, that's a nice explosion. I like that explosion. Do you feel feel like that about every superhero movie do you think it's more of a genre issue um it might be um i'm trying to think of superhero movies that i've seen um i've seen the batman movies i think i saw the first avengers wasn't interested in that at all um iron man again not interested I think it's a genre issue because I, I, <laughs> Iron Man and the Christopher Nolan Batmans, in my mind, are like perfect uh -huh. genre movies. Like you cannot do better within the genre of superheroes. I just want I just want something about them to feel human. And nothing does. <laughs> OK, the Incredibles are more human than. <laughs> OK, OK. Again, we'll just. We'll let, leave that. We'll let <laughs> let that sleeping dog lie. Yeah, I did enjoy Wonder Woman. I thought that had good. I thought that had moments where I was like, these seem like people, but I really didn't like the choice to make their actually be a villain. I was very excited when it seemed like the villain would just be the intangible evil of humanity, and then they had to go make a real villain. I will give it this. It was the best DC movie 
Aren't isn't Batman in the DC universe? Yeah, but the Christopher Nolan Batmans are a world of their own. They're basically not in the DC universe. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Every other DC comic book movie is garbage. And Wonder Woman was like an okay movie versus all of the Marvel movies, which are like incredibly created movies. And I'm even sick of them. I haven't <laughs> even seen the most recent ones. Oh, that thing with where Jason Momoa is like the 13th year. That's DC. That's DC. Well, that looks terrible, too. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that Aquaman. DC. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> so anyway, moving along from superhero movies, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you think you're going to uh-huh. enjoy this. I'm glad that you are getting a little bit of a primer into a different Christopher Nolan movie because there are at least... What else does he has he made? Well, do you want me to give it away? Because I was going to say there's at least two on the top of my mind other Christopher Nolan movies that I really want to watch. Do you want... Well, I'm curious, feel... if, I've, I'm curious if I've seen anything else besides Batman. I don't Batman. think so. Okay. Uh, the Prestige. Is that about magic tricks? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, and Interstellar. Okay. Who's in that? Is that Sandra Bullock? No, that's Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Clune in that? No. Oh, good. No, you're Is thinking that of Tomorrowland. Uh, he might be in Gravity too. Tomorrowland. <laughs> I feel like the Tomorrowland trailer is very similar to the Inception trailer, which is why I think you might have got it confused. To the Inception trailer? Or, sorry. The uh, Gravity trailer? No, Interstellar. <laughs> we're all over the place. I did go see Tomorrowland. With George Clooney? Yes, I was not aware that George Clooney was in it. For somebody that absolutely hates Disney... And absolutely hates George Clooney. It seems like Tomorrowland would not be very high on the list. I mean, it was it wasn't one of those things I sought out to see. It was somebody just like, hey, you want to go see this movie? And in Globe, there's not much else to do. So you're like, okay. And it was bad. It was uncomfortable. George Clooney had some awkward moments with that little girl. So just saying, Clooney, you need to think about the roles you take. Oh, I'm sure he got like $30 million for that role. Britt Robertson is in that, though, and I do find her delightful. I don't know who that is. Every time you mention an an actress, I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't think you know who actresses are. Did you know who Sandra Bullock was? Yes, I know who Sandra Bullock is. Do you know who Kate Winslet is? Yes, of course I know who Kate Winslet is. Do you know who Julia Roberts is besides that toothy gal from Mystic Pizza? (laughs) I haven't even seen Mystic Pizza. Of course I know who Julia Roberts is. (laughs) Okay. That was a weird assortment of people to pick for that, too. (laughs) Like, none none of them have been, like, the main leading actress in, like, a decade, I feel like. I feel like they're in, like, ensemble films. (laughs) I guess Sandra Bullock was in Gravity. Sandra Bullock is still Still, coming at us hot. When's the last time she did a movie? Gravity? Four years ago? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pull up Sandra Bullock. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. I'm just saying that you couldn't think of an actress that's acted in a movie in the last four years. I'm sure Sandra Bullock has been in something. 
more recently. Let's see. Filmography. Let's see. She was just in Ocean's 8. She's going to be in a movie. Oh, for Netflix called Bird Box. And um, Julia Roberts is going to be in that new Amazon Prime series that's launching in like October. That looks really interesting. Um, so Ocean's 8, case in point, is an ensemble movie. She is the is the lead character. She plays like Danny Ocean's like sister. I don't know. I don't know where they keep get the ocean name from. <laughs> and uh, I did not see it. And it is a specifically an ensemble show, just like Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen. It's about this large cast of characters, of which one person is like the main cast of the characters. Homecoming, that's what it's called. That new, that looks interesting. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's put the train back on the track. So as somebody that likes Leonardo DiCaprio so much, what are your favorite Leo performances? Um, Obviously, Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Leo... That is that is prime Leo right there. Like I know he got the Oscar, or did he? Did he get Oscar for Revenant? He didn't have an Oscar until Revenant. Okay, I know he got the Oscar for Revenant, but they should have come at him in his Titanic days. He had that little little swoopy hair that hung down right there. It was very cute. Uh, so my. I'm not going to read a full IMDb review because almost all of them are marked spoilers and I just don't want to get spoiled. Understandably. Um, so it's I'm, a very easy to spoil movie. Yeah. So I'm just going to uh, read some of the like headings. And I went for, because I do think I'm going to like this movie, I went for, I just wanted to see what like the middle of the road reviews were saying about this movie. Uh, so I filtered it to a five. Um... So this one, <laughs> warning, spoiler, warning, spoiler, warning, spoiler, warning, spoiler. Yes. You're, you're not kidding. Every single one says warning, spoiler. It's true. <laughs> uh, good idea. Lost in the noise. Disappointed. Lost in its own complexities. So you're just reading headlines. Yeah, I'm just reading headings. Um, sort of average, predictable, badly in need of editing. Uh, I thought it was a little too out there. Disappointed. No hard feelings. Uh, sigh, another extremely predictable and repetitive psycho action thriller. Unique, but not good. Uh, one that just says, you're infecting my mind. <laughs> Who dreamed this fodder? Inception, more like insipid. Overrated, South Park's version is better. <laughs> A beautiful surface, hollow content. Gifted cast, wasted. Uh, overlong, pretentious twaddle. Are you people watching the same film as me? I can't stop you from watching it. <laughs> um, so I, I think these reviews are tapping into what I remember feeling like about the Batman movies. They're mm -hmm. just big and like overstimulating, but kind of hollow. <laughs> 
Um, I would argue very much against that, and we can save that for a different time. We can. I'm just saying that's what I come away from the Batman movies feeling like. Uh, so as I'm reading these things, that jostles me as sounding like the experience I had of watching those. Uh, but I think I'll be much more interested in this, unlike the Batman movies, uh, because of who's in it and because it seems a little bit more um, whimsical. Well, uh, as you know, art is a mirror, so uh, important to uh, keep that in mind. If you find nothing in a movie, maybe you're just not looking deeply within yourself. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, did you know Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt is in this? Yes. Do you like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I do like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Another little cutie. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that does it for our pre-show. Pause it now if you want to watch and hear us afterwards. Otherwise, keep it rolling and we're going to go watch the movie. All right. How did you... What what did you think of the movie? I liked it. Okay. Um, I did like it a lot. I think I agree with some of the uh, IMDb headings of that. They probably could have cut it out a few minutes and just tightened it up a little bit in some places. Uh, just because even though I did really enjoy it, at the end of it, I did feel like I have been sitting here a very long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I think that is a fair argument. Thank you. Do you think it needs to be, it needs to feel long in order to properly accomplish the time dilation that you experience exponentially at deeper and deeper levels in order to cram it all in? No, that's not where I would have cut anything. No. It seems very exposition heavy in the first part and it it just seems like that could have been condensed a bit. The mm-hmm. the the like time lapsing at the end, that was the best part. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't cut anything out of that. It's it's on the front end. Mm-hmm. It feels front heavy where all the interesting stuff is in the back end. Um so that's where I would cut, but still really enjoyed it. Okay. So talk to me more about what this movie has made you think about. Analyze some of the things about this movie. Um, it reminded me of uh, in Oh No, Ross and Carrie, a podcast that I really enjoy. Um, they went to, I can't remember which investigation this was because they they run into this type of person at a lot of different investigations. Um, I think it was at their flat earther when they were doing a bunch of flat earth stuff and they came across a lot of people who seemed to think that the government had implanted ideas and memories (laughs) into (laughs) their minds and the minds of everybody in the world um to think that the world is round yes to think that the world is round and then there was legitimately a woman who's like no i distinctly remember that it was sex in the city and the government has changed our memories and our 
thoughts about it too. <laughs> and they somehow missed her. Yes. And she's got the correct memory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and, and I think that came up too when they were doing, um, when they're doing like out of body experiences and the a- the alien conventions, they just like keep coming across these people <laughs> who think that this is a thing. And I think they've just seen this movie one too many times and have really adopted it into their perception of the world. Uh, but that being said, I did think it was a really cool idea. Um, I was at the beginning, I, I kept being unsure of like how much in the world it was at like different spots. I was like, I thought this was just like a skill that Leo DiCaprio and a Mm -hmm. a select few were. But then when they went to that school where Michael Caine was and he's like, I need an architect. And I was like, is this a real architect or is this a school where people are learning to like I architect think- dreams <laughs> like that was like is this just the thing that everybody knows about and then it like zoomed back down into like no i think she's a real architect mm-hmm. this is still just a thing that a select few know about but sh- like there's a lot of random people that they're by getting to buy into this <laughs> very easily <laughs> so that that was a struggle a little bit at the beginning of just trying to figure out within the world where exactly this fell. Is it something everybody knows about? Is it something a few people know about? Is it something it's rumored is a thing, but nobody actually knows is a thing? Just where are we? You had a lot of those type of questions. Mm -hmm. I feel like after... There was one moment in the movie where we paused it like three times right in a row because you kept having questions and I kept feeling like I needed to explain it further and further. Mm -hmm. And And I'm like, no, I get all that. Just why, if, if I was living in a world, if somebody had said, you need to be trained to guard your mind because somebody could infiltrate your dreams in order to steal things from your mind, I would never sleep again. I would just be a lot more wary of some rando on a plane handing me my passport and then a cup of water. I would just be a little bit more suspicious. That's all I'm saying. It's in first class. First class. But I, I, what I was going to, what I was trying to say was you had all of those questions. I feel like as soon as I hit play, it then just explained exactly what I was explaining. Like they almost felt scripting wise, like at this point, it seems like a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions. Let's just go ahead and answer them real quick. And it's right, right into dream number two where they're like, okay, I am the, uh, the person that was sent here. Remember your training. You were trained to learn how to fight off these people. And I am the representation. That still doesn't answer the question of why he's not more suspicious of some random well-dressed man handing him a cup of water. Okay, this, a woman would never do that. You do not take opened liquids from randos. So I'm just saying, I would think you would have the same amount of wariness as a random woman has in a bar today. Okay, exactly. In a freaking bar today, if you're sitting on an airplane and somebody, the stewardess hands a glass of water to the person on the aisle that then hands it to you at the window, you're not going to be like, 
No, get this water out of here! You're poisoning me! You're trying to steal my brain! If somebody had trained me that people could steal things from my brain, that's where my brain would be all the time. I'd be seeing opportunities for people to put me to sleep and steal things from my mind all the time. Okay, then I think that's the heart of the problem. The rest of us aren't paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) Says the person who is afraid of trees because they might fall on your house. Yes, they might fall on your house. But what I am not afraid of is that the trees are conspiring to fall on my house. So somebody has told you that a tree might fall on your house. And now you look at every tree with suspicion. I've seen multiple trees fall on multiple different houses. I've seen the damage that falling trees can cause in huge thunderstorms on the East Coast. And I've thought, you know what? Maybe it's not worth having a big, like, 200-foot tree in your front yard. I mean, I think we might need to put this issue to rest because it's now been, like, five minutes of the podcast. But I'm just saying that I just want this character to be an eighth of the mount as cautious of guarding his dreams as you are of trees. So the difference is, it would be like somebody has told you that if you fall asleep next to somebody, you guys might intertwine dreams, right? That's like my level of security with trees. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like, oh, okay, I guess that would be a thing. Like, I'm not going to not fall asleep ever. But, uh, you know, if I'm buying a tree, maybe don't make it a giant one with shallow roots that's going to fall on my house. Make it one that stops growing at, like, 10 feet. That's all I'm saying. I feel like you're proving my point a little bit here. Oh, you think so? I do think so. Because it's not somebody coming to you and saying, hey, if you fall asleep next to somebody, your dreams might intertwine. This is somebody coming to you and saying, you are a very important heir to a very important company but you were saying and it that is very important that you're you saying your my trees. reaction my reaction to trees should be his reaction but my reaction to trees is don't avoid it but you know be aware of it and then he was aware of it and it brought brought to his attention against his will because he's just a joe schmo executive he doesn't isn't the expert But it got brought to his attention. He was like, oh, yeah, I have been trained in this. That is right. (laughs) But the training had already already started fighting the people without him even knowing because that was what the training was for. The training is so you don't even have to consciously be aware of it. And then when you become aware of it, then you go, oh, this is a dream. I can try to, like, not do things. I think you're downplaying how wary you are of trees. Every time we see a massive tree or a fallen over tree, I'm like, see, look, trees. They just fall (laughs) over if you don't take care of them properly. And how am I supposed to take care of a 50-foot tall tree? I think we might need to get off the topic of trees. I know. I don't don't know where to go back to, though. Um yeah, so I see think what happens just, when you try to bring my trees. I think <laughs> I think we can just agree to disagree that we would expect different levels 
of wariness of people who are aware that this happens in a world where it happens. Well, I feel like you're presenting it as like this massive plot hole where the reality is that there would be very few people in the world that it'd be even worth trying to go through this incredibly expensive, dangerous and elaborate ruse to try to maybe find out something in their brain. And I just feel like it's such a small like world leaders and maybe like crazy rich people. And that's it. And so like we're talking maybe 100, 200, maybe a thousand people out of like eight billion that would even have something of like that much value to go through the effort. So it's it's like it exists and people know it exists, but like the people that know it exists is only marginally larger than the people that are at risk for it existing. We're talking about the military scientists and whatever black market exists for memories. Let's wait 30 seconds for all the residents to die down. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a plot hole. I just didn't get that in that character. <laughs> I just wanted that character so what, to be more what aware. what established to you the fact that he would be more aware? Like, why would he be more aware of it? Because Go he's been trained in this. <laughs> yeah, but he's been trained in the sense that his brain will in detect the fact that it's he is dreaming within somebody else's constructed reality. He is the dreamer. The architect has created this space. It's not the space that he he's populating the space, but he's not coming up with it. And his brain responds by almost immediately having armed people chase and fire at them as they're going through the city. Which that I... They had brought up the idea earlier on um, of of the like subconscious attacking the the like outsiders. And I like four times expected that to get to evolve and become more creative as they went into deeper layers. How so? Of the dream. Like. People with guns seems like a very obvious place to go with that. And how else which, do people on attack? The first, <laughs> it's a dream, baby J. So, like people with <laughs> fish that they fling at you? No, and... not even people. Like on the first level, I was like, okay, people. But as they were going deeper and deeper, I was expecting it to become more absurd i guess is what i was expecting i was <laughs> the giant 007 style hidden base in the swiss alps wasn't a very absurd i feel like the absurdity no, of the dreams still people in all matching white suits with matching white guns on matching white that like it's still the the opponent is still being presented as a person and I was expecting the opponent to become the world at a certain point, if that makes sense. 
So the attacker is the, still being presented as a person. I think the problem there is the they have pre-planned scenarios that they are pre-building mentally in preparation for coming in. So Ellen Page's character builds the first world. Josh uh, Go- Jordan Ghost's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is the person that is running the second world. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> no. Ellen Page is running the first world. Yeah, I think Tom or Joseph Gordon-Levitt's running the second world. Tom Hardy running the third world. Something like that. Mm-hmm. They have these pre-built models that they've determined beforehand how the world is going to look, how it's going to create, be created, what the passages are going to be, so that when they enter into it, they build the space mentally. The space builds out, and then it's up to that person, the dreamer, mm-hmm. that's being inserted into it to populate it. So you'd be asking the dreamer to populate it in a way that doesn't fit the scenario at all. In two of the three situations... All three of them going into it, he doesn't know it's his dream, and in only one of them does he find out it's his dream. So he's subconsciously populating it, unaware that it's his dream. So it would be, I feel like it would be weird to enter into a city, or enter into a hotel, or enter into a hidden bad guy mountain base, and then like, there not be people there. So I feel like the subconscious populating it is very natural. That's what your dreams do, you know? I'm not saying that there shouldn't be people there at all. I just expected the... I was just expecting the threat to evolve past the threat being people. If you're setting up this thing of, like, we're going into dream worlds, it just seems like an excuse to do something more fun until they got to the last one. The last one had more of what I wanted to see the whole time of like the things crumbling into the ocean, the like decrepit house blown in the wind, uh, abysses opening up. Um, so that's, that's more of what I wanted to see. Not that specifically, but just, I don't know, just taking the opportunity to, I guess just it just seems like such an opportunity to play and like create anything. I feel like that doesn't serve the story though. That like the whole point is that Limbo is that. Limbo is being lost into the creativity of the mind in a dreamlike state uh perpetually until mm-hmm. something pulls you out of it. And it's it's yeah. Exactly, which is why I thought as they got deeper, that would become, like, that would start seeping in more and more. So, like, and when I was just, when they were talking about creating the dream within the dream, as I expected it to be, was that, like, the first one would seem the most realistic, and as they got closer, further and further in, like, more of those oddities would be pulled in, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just don't think that, I feel like that wouldn't suit the story that is being told (laughs) because they're constructing very purposeful dreams. Not the things that they're constructing, the subconscious threat that comes in to destroy them. 
that's what I expect to evolve. Not the thing, because I get that but they're creating they, things to like trick him and get something. But they control out of the him. environment. They, but they control don't control it. the subconscious. Right, but the subconscious is populating according to the environment. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't fit. It, the the he doesn't know that he's in his own dream in this, and so he is going into the mountain base thinking that there are bad guys there trying to hunt me down and kill me. And then what does he find? Bad guys there trying to hunt him down and kill him. If he had thought there's yetis and polar bears, <laughs> then it would have been yetis and polar bears. But it was all about the expectation of what he was going to meet, and that's what his subconscious fulfills. So why is it that in the first one? That's not his expectation yet in the first one. In the first one, he thinks he's on the phone. It's raining. He's trying to get a cab. He gets in the cab. They jump him and kidnap him and then his and then there's rival kidnappers no his subconscious is fighting them that's what they said they said it they set it up at the beginning of the movie multiple times again like three or four times throughout the movie why does it have to fight it in that way though because that's a human beings fight we are stuck (laughs) in these fleshy meat sacks katie we are (laughs) just but fleshy meat sacks that fight each other that is the only response that we have. Meat sack is a phrase that comes up a lot in uh, astral projection classes as well. Really? Yeah. They're just like, we are just in these meat sacks and we have to get out to, okay. to, to get out of our bodies. I just, I just feel like anything else would have been I feel like when you're making a believable. movie about dreams within dreams, you can make the rules whatever you want. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised at the accuracy of your predictions. I don't think I made very many predictions. I was just like, there's dreams within dreams. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the extent of my prediction. You, so dreams within dreams. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole movie, really. I mean, what else could you have predicted? I guess that's fair. <laughs> I mean, but you there's were... a, a whole big plot around dreams within dreams. <laughs> yes, there's the whole plot. That is the, if you boiled it down to 10 words, dreams within dreams <laughs> would be six of them. Yeah, that was the byline. Dreams within. That was the tagline of this movie. Is that three words? That's three words. Yeah. How'd you feel about the ending? I knew they were going to do that, and I was like, oh. I knew you were going to say that I knew they were going to do that. What did they do? They intentionally kept setting up through the whole thing. It was the Shekhov's gun again of like, this little doodad tells me whether or not I'm in a dream or not. If it tips over, I'm not. If it keeps keeps spinning, I am. And then he gets off the plane and it's all just feeling very like, very happy and very dreamlike and very you blissful. You are not quite remembering the purpose of the totem. The totem tells you whether or not you're in your own dream. Because if it's a dream that you've constructed, mm-hmm. then the your, your totem will react how you expect it to. But that doesn't change that. It still does the same thing at the end of leaving you questioning yeah. whether or not it's a dream. <laughs> Did you not want them to? No. <laughs> what would have been more satisfactory? What would have been more satisfactory? I kept, maybe I set myself up for this ending because I kept expecting something more twisty to happen. 
and I was waiting for it, and then I was like, nah, they're just gonna leave us with this not knowing whether he actually got back to his kids or not, whether his kids are even real, does he even have kids? I don't know. I just kept, ex like, waiting for something more like a Shyamalan, you know, <laughs> to come at me there at the end. Like, when this came out, I just remember everybody being like, whoa, that ending like, going on and on about it, so I was expecting something very, like, in-your-face. <laughs> a very in-your-face twist. Um, and then it wasn't, which was fine, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. I could have used more Michael Caine. I was bummed he wasn't a bigger character. As soon as he came on the screen, I was like, oh, Michael Caine. Yeah. You're, you just add so much. He's just such a good little secret sauce to any movie. He did come back at the end, though. I was happy about that. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, Michael Caine, he's back. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted him to join the team. <laughs> well, he does in Batman. That's true. The one redeeming thing about Batman. Michael Caine. This wasn't a win for me, actually, for Leo DiCaprio. I kind of felt like I anybody could have been that. I was curious, and I have a... It's not so much as a theory, but an observation about four movies in Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Mm -hmm. Three of which I think he does a good job of acting in. Like a, like an, or, or let me say, uh, like an exceptional job. Three of which I think are exceptional acting performances. Uh, and two of which, so two of those four are way more po popular and made way more money than the other two, but I think his acting performance in the other two supersedes uh, his acting performance in those first two. The interesting thing is one pair of good acting, better acting, and okay acting and better acting, like one pair of those movies is called Blood Diamond and The Departed. And those movies came out in the same year. And then this movie and Shutter Island came out in the same year. So I'd be interested to see you watch Shutter Island and see if you come to a similar conclusion as to Leo's performance. That he's in better it. in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I thought he was bad. It just No, kind not of, bad. It just kind of seemed like... Anybody could have done this, and I would have gotten the same basic. I would have gotten kind of the same performance from. Yeah, there isn't a lot of special things that he needs to do in this performance. Uh -huh. So of the movies that you've seen with Leonardo, with Leonardo DiCaprio, which it sounds like this might be the third movie you've seen with Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. What, where does this rank in your rankings of Leonardo DiCaprio? Bottom. What is above it? Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and the few seasons of Growing Pains where he was in it? What's Growing Pains? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Alan Thicke. Yes. Robin Thicke's dad. <laughs> he was also an actor, very famous for many, many years. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> I don't know him. He was the dad in 
a sitcom called Growing Pains from like the 80s. Mm-hmm. Very popular sitcom. Uh, Kirk Cameron is also in the sitcom. I don't know who that is either. Anyway, Leonardo DiCaprio got his start as like a recurring character for several seasons on that show. He even like lived with them, like lived in the attic apartment mm-hmm. or the the attic above the garage. I used to love like that the show. Set? <laughs> no, like his character in the show oh, <laughs> lived in I like you were. an apartment above the garage. <laughs> I thought you were trying to tell me that Leonardo DiCaprio just squatted in the attic of this set while working on this show. And I was much more interested in it when I thought that was the case. Um Ellen Page, I really enjoyed in this. Um, she was definitely the uh, sort of the heart of this. She brought the humanity that was missing from Batman. Um, she was good. Michael Caine, as I said. Always Ma- bringing the thunder. Michael Caine brings the humanity in Batman. Not as good as Ellen Page. <laughs> I thought you liked Michael Caine. I do like Ma- Michael Caine. I'm just, I just think this movie has more heart. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he was a cute little guy. Um, their original architect, I thought, kind of looked like the son, the rich boy son. Um, from what? From this movie. <laughs> oh, you... Th- Oh, you thought the the, the original actors looked alike? Yeah, the original guy looked like Cillian Murphy. Uh huh. Okay. And when they first, because the first time you see that character is just in a picture, and I was like, wasn't that the architect guy? It was like some really? sort of reincarnation thing. Like, what's happening here? Interesting, because um, I see Cillian Murphy, and I immediately go, "Hey, that's that's Cillian Murphy." Oh, I don't know. Who the only is. person I confuse Cillian Murphy with is Crispin Glover. Who's Crispin Glover? Oh, <laughs> Let me see what else Lane Murphy is in. Um, He's in Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Okay, I recognize him from the from the cover title art. card. Yeah, it's like the wind. The wife between also the, barley. the the wife. Uh, the casting of the wife. Marion Cotillard? Yeah, I'm guessing it was intentional to have her be such a little weirdo. But I think I would have liked it better if they had gone with somebody who could play the little weirdo who's antagonizing his subconscious. But then in that last moment when they're in the limbo and she's in there, who could, like, pull it back and seem like his like a real person. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I would have liked that juxtaposition of being in the weird, absurd, crumbly world and then see the most realistic portrayal of his wife, um, in there. I just felt like it would have had a little bit more of an emotional punch when he is like, gotta let you go. You're not, you're not real. Um, I just wanted to feel a little bit more there. Uh, so I, I think if, if they'd either gotten somebody or directed her to play that switch up a little bit more, I think I just would have 
thought it had more of a, an emotional kick to it. So you don't think Leo's perspective is empathetic enough? Do I think Leo's perspective is empathetic enough? I guess no. Okay. No. I'm going to go with no. Um, then maybe that's at the root of the problem. Because I, I would agree that, like, I would want to first change that character more to make him more empathetic than trying to manipulate on the back end with Marion Cotillard's character. I can't say her last name. I think that that would end up being the better route. Wait, you want him to be more empathetic or his perception of her to be more empathetic? I want us to be able to empathize better with him, whatever that means mm -hmm. character-wise. Mm -hmm. And I would agree that I think that is a difficult part of this movie in general. I think it 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 the catharsis never feels cathartic in the way that you want it to. And I've always kind of thought that the ending, that what could be happening through the whole movie is like an inception on him to bring him out of still being in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't really fit everything else. It's just a, it's just a mind virus that's infected my brain. <laughs> it's trying to get out. Yeah, it doesn't really fit with the story that we have. Um, but it would help. There are a few things that it sets up throughout. For example, when after he gets put to sleep, when he meets the, the guy for the first time that does the chemistry, he tries to spin the top, um, but has to stop it prematurely because the guy comes into the bathroom. So there's like little things like that that set up that like maybe he could have found out at an earlier time that all of this was part of an mm -hmm. elaborate inception happening on him or something. <laughs> but I haven't been able to draw clean lines mm -hmm. there. All right, Katie, what is your rating for inception? Uh, my overall rating, I'm going to give it an eight. I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was an interesting idea. Um, the visuals were very pretty to look at, very fun to look at, very detailed. Uh, and I liked the people in it, so I would say eight. Okay. Uh, and what's your the rest of your rating? Hmm. I think I'm just going to put a little over average on watchability rating. I'm going to give it a six for watchability. When you said eight, I was like, what? You liked this movie that much. I was blown away. Oh, I really liked this movie. I was blown movie. away that you liked this movie because you seem extremely strongly opinionated about things that you really disliked about it. And then watchability six. Oh, okay. I get, I guess I get what, 
Like, I don't get because I can't divorce those two. It's either I like it or I don't. Even the things that I was strongly opinionated about didn't make me dislike it. So what makes it unwatchable or like middle of the road watchable? A good movie that's eh, not very watchable. I just wouldn't really want to watch it again. Hmm. See, in my mind, that's a bad movie. No, I can enjoy movies and feel like I feel like a, a big part of the experience of this movie was like the unknowing of what's going to happen next. And I don't think it would be the same to watch it again. Also, it's really long, so it's not like a, oh, I'm going to casually put on this movie tonight. I think this is why I'm more of a TV gal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where would you rank Inception on your the big board of the previous three movies? Uh, that you've watched inception star oh, we're wars ranking them together and fight club um i think inception was a better movie than star wars <laughs> these are very different ratings for me okay, okay. overall wise but i think inception is the best movie thus far and but you the one I've liked <laughs> and the one i've liked the most of the ones that we've watched thus far okay uh, and then Star Wars, and then Bomb of the Barrel, Fight Club. Um, so, so... But as far as, like, movies, but between leaving Fight Club out of this, because it was just appalling to me. Um, between Star Wars and Inception, though, even though I liked Inception more, I feel like I would be more likely to watch Star Wars again. Okay, so that doesn't fully answer the question. Big board. We have a big board. The numbers one, two, three are on the side. I have to have two different boards. Nope. You have to collapse it into one board, and we will update it every episode. Collapse it into one board. I can't collapse into one you board. You have to. Just tell me what we're ranking on this board. It is... We're we just putting them in whatever... It's whatever ranking you want it to be in. But all it says is big board... One, two, three. Three is Fight Club. What's one and two? Okay, I'll go ahead. I think then the thing that's more important to me is the watchability. Um, so I'm going to put Star Wars first, then Inception, and then Fight Club. All right, big board updated. Fight Club will continue to move down the list. Oh, just you wait and see. I'll, I'll throw some uh, curveballs your way. We'll see if we can move Fight Club up the board. Well, I don't think there's anything that can move it up the board. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the new ranking system. And uh, we will update our big boards. We'll get physical big boards maybe <laughs> to keep <laughs> keep our eyes on. And you keep looking up there like it's there. <laughs> I know. It's, it's for the audience. It's, <laughs> we'll update our big boards uh so in that stereo sound you can hear me moving from left to right as i'm talking about updating the big boards mm. all right thank you for listening subscribe tell your friends about the podcast hope you can join us next time and until next time i'm justin that's katie and good night